Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, with it being a lighter camp as far as the big name, a lot of the big name Mariner players away from the WBC, I bet you were able to zero in on some of these guys that might be fringe guys or maybe guys that could be possibly make the team um, as a 25th, 26 man roster guy. A lot of things I've been hearing as well as there's been some position changes, you know, the normal guys playing outfield or at first base or moving from catcher to the outfield. So you got to see a lot that went on down there. Kind of give me the state of the union from your perspective on the Mariners of what you saw down there in the games and as well as, uh, down there at practices when you got there early and kind of double dip, checked out practice, and then followed up with going to the game? Yeah, well, let's start with the games themselves. Uh, Yesterday, uh, the Mariners won. I believe I went to five games of the Seattle Mariners, and I went to two games of Team USA. And out of the uh, five games, the Mariners won, uh, you know, four of them, which I know doesn't matter, but in these games, there was a lot of good stuff and some, you know, foundation laid by the guys in the lineup, which like, again, were guys in the lineup getting these starter reps that maybe you wouldn't see them getting so many starter reps with everybody in there. So I know everybody kind of like moved up. Um, You know, if you've been reading the news or uh, listening to us, I'm going to kind of echo the same thing about like the standouts of the fringe guys. And uh, that's Cooper Hummel. Um, uh, that's uh, Cole Calhoun. I really feel like those are the two big standouts that I've seen. I saw a little bit of La Stella. Um, nothing that really, really jumped out at me, uh, you know, when I was there, but um, I know that he, he was a later ad um, or later trade, just like a, uh, adding Cole Calhoun, but Cole Calhoun is something very interesting uh, in yesterday's game uh, or the last game they played against the Royals. We got him, uh, we got to see him get a start at first base, which um, at the time um, we still had Evan White there. We still have Mike Ford there. We know Mike Ford's not like the, the big starter guy. He seems to be, you know, somebody that's liked, within the organization um, and somebody that Jerry DePoto definitely trusts. This is his third go around with, with Jerry and Scott. Um, But as far as Cole Calhoun getting this start at first base, it and him having a good spring, 
Um, it definitely tells me that they're trying to, you know, get as many looks and trying to do what they can to get him on this uh, on this roster. Yeah, I mean, I, I could agree with that. I mean, yeah, give with the outfield, could he be a fourth outfielder? Possibly. Um, but like you said, I, I can see why then moving him over to first base to give him a look there to see if that, you know, the more versatile you are, the better chances you have making this uh, team. You know, we know he could DH as well, possibly, or be in the mix for that since the Mariners want to rotate through the DH position and give guys time uh, time off and all that. So, yeah, so I can see that, giving him an extra look on the chance to make the team. Um as well as I heard that uh, another guy you mentioned that's had a really good spring in Cooper Hummel, he's caught predominantly throughout the first part of spring, but you saw him uh, get a chance to play a little outfield in the last game. Tell me what you saw out of him and what, what kind of uh, outfielder he is. Yeah, I, I saw him play in right field yesterday and it kind of, I'm going to piggyback off of Cole Calhoun playing first base. And then you had, um, Colt Wong at second base, but that, you know, that little triangle there with the, on the right side, I'm sure they've never played together before that. I mean, that I know of, and you had, uh, you know, easily you could have had Calhoun out in right field. Right. I mean, that would seem like the more logical thing and put somebody at first base and give, uh, you know, humble the day off, but they had him out in right field and there was, you know, not, wasn't like a spectacular play, but I saw something very important happen. There was a high hit ball in the air. It was right in that no man's land. The wind was swirling out to right field, going to right field into, I would say, the the first baseline. It wasn't going straight out. Ball was hit up there, got up in that airstream. I think normally this ball might have just dropped in there, but it, it hung up there. You know, you had the second baseman, the first baseman, everybody converging back there, and Cole Calhoun. Uh, was you know going back from first base covered some good ground but didn't leave his you know post of let's say this ball drops and uh great communication between the three of them and you know uh got to see Hummel Hummel call everybody off and make this play and I know it sounds that sounds boring Myron but I think that's very, very important look at what JP did last year against Toronto he had a one of those fly balls it seemed like it just hung up there and you know dropped in and then you know you know what happened we got we got the uh we got the spare pickup against uh toronto so i mean those are the kind of plays that can really hurt you and also those are the kinds of things that make you go man this guy is, knows what he's doing out there and I, on those kinds of play everybody you know not everybody but i mean the exciting diving plays or throwing somebody out but these routine things are for me what i, I find very uh, valuable especially when you're having somebody play multiple positions can they not make the the big mistakes uh where they don't need to be made when they're not familiar maybe with that position on a day-to-day basis no i follow along with you totally uh three guys that are or two of them and they're out of position uh kind of a ball in no man's land and um, a guy that's not used to playing out there you know it's like you mentioned it's the high sky in the arizona desert beautiful day and for him to take charge in that and not have a collision between a couple players that's really big I mean last year we saw at times uh some miscommunication between you know the youngster Julio Rodriguez and a veteran and Mitch Hanniger so 
that that's key to see, you know, that he can, if put out in that position, because I really feel that Cooper Hummel being that he can be a catcher, I believe he's a switch hitter as well and play multiple positions. It just seems like he's destined to make one of the remaining uh, spots on this roster. So that's good to know that you have confidence in him. If he is put out there to be able to do the job successfully. Yeah. And you know, he, we've seen what he could do behind the plate. He looks pretty good. He looks, he, this guy's definitely a, just a top notch athlete. Obviously he's playing baseball at the highest level. You can, he's playing multiple positions. He's hitting the ball, you know, and you know, the return on this, you know, is kind of important to Mariners fans and I'm sure to the organization. I mean, he gave up, you know, a, a number one draft pick, a rookie of the year that it didn't work out. So, you know, if this can work out, it, it doesn't have those Russell Wilson vibes or anything like that. Cause that's not what Kyle Lewis was or, at, you know, or as a personality, but it's somebody that, you know, was one of these guys in our organization that we were going to build around and it's, it quickly changed. Um, and, you know, they decided to go in another direction. Uh, we're lucky enough to have Julio out there and, you know, got Tay Oscar. And uh, for Hummel, it was it kind of was like, oh, well, let's see. You know, this is somebody who's a late bloomer. But again, baseball is one of these sports where you don't your your career's not over at 24, 23 when, <laughs> when it doesn't develop yet. And, you know, we're, we're seeing that with hopefully with Jared Kelnick. Right. So uh, and, you know, to to also pick, go back a little bit here because um, I think they go hand in hand and they might be even competing with each other is, is Cole Calhoun. I mean, Cole Calhoun, yes, he's 35. Uh, he's been a Mariner killer for every year. He's got 11 years of experience and yes, maybe that fourth outfielder, but maybe with, uh, you know, we'll talk about this in a second, a little bit more Evan white uh, as of yesterday was sent to triple A or option to triple A. So meaning uh, we don't really have an answer for an everyday uh, backup first baseman. So, you know, I guess we've seen Dylan Moore over there at times. I'm trying to think of who else on the team. You know, pretty much it was Carlos Santana last year, right, when Ty wasn't out there. So now it seems like there's a spot there that Calhoun can possibly give himself even a better chance. Again, he's on a AAA contract, so it's like if he doesn't make the opening day roster, it's – not a big loss, but again, this is a veteran guy um, like Carlos Santana uh, around the same age. I've watched him around uh, spring training. The guys seem to uh, really gravitate to him. And, you know, Cole Calhoun just looks like one of these gamer guys. He's just got that stocky body. He reminds me of those kids that you'd just hate to go play against, you know, when, <laughs> you know, in little league that were just, or senior little league or high school, they're just like stout and bigger and just, just kill you. You know, he's hitting over 300 in camp. Um, he's got a good OPS in there. And again, this guy can play uh, the, the outfield. I think he, I've seen more out of him and in the outfield than an AJ Pollock, but I know AJ Pollock, different kind of contract, different kind of expectations, but Cole Calhoun is definitely making this, you know, decision really tough. And that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard exactly what you said. Uh, you know, great clubhouse guy. Um, yeah, um, to me, you know, it's also a safety blanket. You know, I know you have told me that you saw uh, Demo on the backfields getting some 
uh, live BP in. So, but he still hasn't played in a game yet after his injury. So that's, you know, maybe they're just ramping up slowly. It's still hard to say if he'll totally be ready for the beginning of the season. It makes sense then, especially numbers-wise, in my opinion, that maybe if Demo starts the year, maybe on the IL, or he's not ready to play yet, or what have what have you, or they want to ease him into some games later on, and he's not totally ready for the beginning of the season, and then a guy like Cole Calhoun possibly could be that guy to step in and take that spot since Demo is not healthy. It's still a long ways to go, but that's how I kind of track it and follow along with it. I agree with you. It's still a long ways to go as far as games, as far as reps, as far as what we can see. But if we're looking at a calendar, you know, as of today's recording, we're two weeks away from opening day. I know it seems like it's another three weeks, but it's, yeah, it's coming fast and furious. It's, it's two weeks away. And listen, like you said that the, the day before the workout day with the games and the home run derby, knock on wood, nobody gets hurt, but I, you know what I mean? But it, it's, it's great to have depth. The Mariners didn't have this kind of depth last year whatsoever. I mean, I was down at spring training and I had to keep reminding myself, I was very happy with what I was seeing and had to keep reminding myself, Julio's not here. Eugenio's not here. Diego Castillo's not here. Matt Brash is not here. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez is not here. And, you know, I've seen a lot of this depth this season that I, I mean, this spring that I've been really impressed with. And I know it's a small, 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 you know, grain of sand of, you know, sample size, but I've been to the last spring training last year and I, you know, I, the years before, and I haven't seen, you know, this good level of depth, you know, across the board for the Mariners. I mean, back in the Cano cruise days, yeah, the starting lineup was nice, but we didn't have any depth. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I can tell, I can take that argument both ways. I can say we have some depth. Yeah. We got guys like Demo and Haggerty and, like you said, Cole Calhoun. And then I can also, you know, argue the other way, thinking, well, is that really the kind of depth that excites me, or do I think that's a, a great amount of depth? Let's say if someone gets hurt for an extended period of time, to have one of those guys then step in for that that long length of time. So I, I'm I'm I I follow along what you're saying, and I'm just I'm kind of on the fence with it. I hear you. And you know what? You're starting to get me to like back down a little bit from that. I will say this. No, I no, 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 but I agree with you. It's a lot of good complimentary depth. You're right. If you have a big hole, if something happens to one of our, you know, stars, God forbid on the offensive end. Yeah. You, you might have to go out and make a move. And I think you probably will. If things stay. I have a little project. Well, once again, Edgar Martinez is using Eagle Hardware's incredible selection of brand-name power tools for his latest project. And uh, here's a surprise. Uh, for once, it's not a bat. Oh, it is a bat. It's a light bat. Eagle Hardware and Garden. More of everything. So uh, some other things that we should talk about really quick, like we brought up. Uh, can you tell me about some of the organizational moves? I know I kind of... Uh, kind of spoiler alerted a little bit of it earlier. Yeah. I mean, there was a few moves made. I won't go into them. I'll just kind of go into the name, the two names that probably Mariner fans know. One was Evan White. Like you mentioned, he was optioned down to AAA Tacoma. 
And then the other one, um, we talked about him early on in spring training. There were some rave reviews about the big right-handed pitcher that we got from the Giants, Prelander Broha, um, who was uh, acquired from the Giants for um, Donovan Walton. And he had a really exciting camp. He was optioned down to double A. So, um, you know, that doesn't mean that he still couldn't be um, brought up sometime during the season maybe as a bullpen guy you know I've seen that out there but uh he's still a young kid and um had electric stuff uh you sent me a video that, that we put out I mean a lot of gas and he's got that great hook too so it's just a name to keep your eye on um throughout the minor league season and he could be up with a club depending on need and where they are during, throughout the season yeah, uh, with him, it's definitely a reps thing. I, I think it is too with let's, who's the other person, Evan White, right? So both of them, it's a reps thing, especially with Prelander. It's like, let's just say he makes the opening day roster. He's also somebody that they are talking about that could be potentially a starter, correct? So, I mean, down there, he's going to get all the reps as, you know, front-end reps uh, as a starter or as a reliever, whatever they want to do with him. He's going to have a chance to play every single day or, no. or provided provided uh, the rest, right? Yeah. No, no, he's going down there to be a starter. He has been a starter. Um, I just, my thought was, and the reason I mentioned it, if he was to, you know, get called up, I just see him as being possibly to help out the bullpen later on in the season. And for the Mariners, I wouldn't predict him to be a starter, but he's going to work as a starter, which he has always been. He just seems to me, because he is so dominant, has such nasty stuff, he could project to be a bullpen guy in a pinch this year, you know, for a wipeout type guy in the bullpen if injuries should occur. And they and they will. They they always occur in the bullpen. You know, they they just do, or you know, hopefully minor. Hopefully it's just a hey, we gotta like let something like swell down you know something small but yeah i mean this is the same approach pretty much they took with brash and kirby last year right get, get if they're not gonna they're, we're not just gonna have them sitting here oh you know rotten on the bench it's just not not gonna happen and uh with evan white it's a different situation um obviously we know his uh defensive skills the offensive skills still aren't there again this guy missed you know 2021 basically he missed last year uh basically you know he got some at bats in the minors last year he got a few at bats to start the season in 2021 he, he's just not there uh, the timing's not there just the the confidence at the plate is not there and that's not talking down about it that's just that's just what it is yeah the, like when he was up with the Mariners that year and won his gold glove the, the team's in a totally different position and he struggled at times during that point as at bat and now that the team has changed I mean his defense is phenomenal and like you mentioned he's missed some time with injuries you know I think he played around 30 only 30 games last year after getting healthy and you know his his bat is has been his downfall once he gets that figured out and hopefully he does he'll be a great asset for the Mariners club yeah, and you said it right there. Our team, too, isn't in a place of a necessity that we have to have this guy there. And we got guys, you know, showing up and showing out like Calhoun and Hummel and these guys that can play multiple positions like uh, Demo, 
you know, you essentially could put three different guys over there that know how to play first base or, I mean, it's a surprise that a Cole Calhoun does. I didn't know that about him. I'd have to go back and see when he's played, uh, you know, first base. When I, when I see him playing first base, I go, Oh, is this kind of a Darren Erstad situation where he had a outfielder? It doesn't seem like some big lanky, uh, first baseman or type, but it seems like the Mariners are checking that out. And I, you know, I was noticing that in my last game there that I was watching against Kansas City Royals. I was walking around, uh, you know, putting a few flyers out, and uh, it was about the ninth inning. And I go, gosh, Evan White is out here playing first base after, you know, these other guys got their reps. And I was like, that's interesting. And then the move was made right after that. And, you know, I think it also, again, has to do with other guys looking pretty good that has to be part of it as well but they also said uh you know to start you know and have alluded to i should say that evan white would probably start in triple a see how what happens and at some point you know you're gonna see him yeah and something interesting i saw today since we've been talking about first base with guys getting different chances uh today in the wbc in the venezuela game um eugenio suarez played first base um and i didn't know this and from whatever I, what i looked up that's his first time ever be, ever playing first competitive game he's as you know grew up as a shortstop played shortstop with the reds um also when he was drafted by detroit middle infielder guy and then has moved to third and obviously third for us you would think that's an easy transition from third to first but it's it was just interesting to me that uh, he had never played there before, so that's always another option. Um, a guy like Eugenio over there in a pinch or whatever you want to do. So I just wanted to bring that up real quick. Imagine if we just saw him and Ty switch in the game for some reason, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. I mean, yeah, it's uh, that is cool. I know Eugenio, right before we were recording here, hit a, hit a big home run. Yeah, he hit a big, big home run. He's had a He's played three out of the four games, uh, looked really good. He's batting over 600. I mean, today I believe he was three for four, so that sure helped the average, I'm, I assume. So, yeah, the Team Venezuela is undefeated in their pool and, and uh, looking really good. So uh, they're a team to beat coming out of that pool down there in Miami. Probably yeah. the first seed. Yeah, and WBC first round is wrapping up. We'll talk a little bit about it tomorrow on tomorrow's episode. We are putting out another episode. We're going to do three episodes a week uh, until we get to the regular season. 